time to say howdy to your favorite undersea peanut, Goofy Goober! Howdy, Goofy Goober! Hey, fellow Goofy Goobers, time to say... Oh, I'm a Goofy Goober, yeah. You're a Goofy Goober, yeah. We're all Goofy Goobers, yeah. Goofy Goofy Goober, Goober, yeah! DJ, time for the test. No baby can resist singing along to this. SpongeBob, it's the Goofy Goober theme song. I know. Oh, I'm a Goofy Goober, yeah. You're a Goofy Goober, yeah. We're all Goofy Goobers, yeah. Goofy Goofy Goober, Goober, yeah. <coughs> it was you. You're the baby. No, no. I only caught. I swear. DJ, turn it up louder. Yeah. You're a Goofy Goober. Sing along, Patrick. I'm trying. Trying so hard. I'm a Goofy Goober, yeah. You're a Goofy Goober, yeah. We're all Goofy Goobers, yeah. Goofy, Goofy, Goober, Goobers, yeah! This doesn't look too good, Patrick. You mean we're not going to get the crown, save the town, and Mr. Krabs? I don't even think we're going to be able to save ourselves, buddy. Thanks. Don't mention it. Well, it looks like what everybody said about us is true, Patrick. You mean that we're attractive? No, that we're just kids. A couple of kids in way over their heads. We were doomed from the start. I mean, look at us. We didn't even come close to the crown. We let everybody down. We failed. Shell City. Yeah, we never made it to Shell City. Shell City. Exactly, buddy. Yeah, the place we never got to. Shell City. Okay, now you're starting to bum me out, Patrick. No! Look at the sign! Shell City! Marine gifts and sundries. Shell City is a gift shop? But if this is Shell City, then where's the... <laughs> crown. crown Neptune's crown This is Shell City Had We did make it Yeah I guess we did We did alright For a couple of goofballs December the 14th, 2022. And I'm a goofy goober. 
which is two G's. That is two G's. Yeah. Two G's, which is 1.5 G's less than an eighth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. More For G's the better. Even the best. Yes. You could say this is the best of the G's. I know. We still shop with best of the B's because B's was the best one. Because best starts with a B. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. But that's you're true. my guest, and that starts with a G. <gasps> Whoa, that's true. The best guest. The Carolyn oh. Blaney. Oh, thank you. Um, So we're, we're talking about things that begin with G today. I have that's a, uh, I have a lot. I have a lot of different G words, and I haven't listened to your clips, but I looked at them, and it doesn't seem like we did any overlap, which is kind of impressive. Because I was having, that's, I was like, how many words start with G? There's only like three words. <laughs> like, I mean, you have an encyclopedia. What is it? Three, four, five words tops that start with G? Oh, yeah. 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 I've got, I got at least five. Okay, good. At least. Yeah. Well, that means there's and at some, least ten. And some of them have overlapped in my clips where there are two words that start with G. And then they're in the same clip. Pretty is I was impressed, and I, and I only realized it after I clipped it. It's cool. Yeah, I had a couple. Of, well, yeah, I had a couple of those too. Um, which G should we start with? Oh, well, uh, the first uh, G on my list um, is G unit, and I have a clip for that. Okay, you want me to play it? Yeah, yeah. G unit. Yeah, that's like four Gs right there. Hear that again for uh, let's zoom in. It's almost like a ch the way he pronounces it. Yeah, it is. He's like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's trying to pull a fast one on us there, fifty cents. Yeah, yeah. But I know what he's trying to say there, and it's G unit. Oh, yeah. Well, I um, what what's the context of that? It's not from a song. He's just saying that. It sounds like it, yelling it down a hallway. It looked like he was in a airport terminal, and I was trying to find, like a, I was trying to find a clean version of Fifty Cent saying "G Unit" in in that fashion, and it was always in the in the tracks he was he was on. They were um, all bleeped out because it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or no, it was, it was bleeped not bleeped out. out because it was. The, clean version yeah yeah it was it was more uh there would be music involved and there's no music in this so that it was just it uh, i thought oh this is perfect i'm gonna clip this for best of the g's g unit what does that mean gangsta unit or uh, what's the g stand for like a real g i think it i think it is like real g i it probably is gangster unit let's see i never actually looked that up g unit i wonder how where that started that's all I can think of. Like a real oh, G. Oh, Gorilla Unit. Whoa. G, as in G-U-E-R-I-L-L-A. So Gorilla Unit. Ah, I see. Also gorilla known as Gorilla. Starts with a G. Gorilla. I guess that's why it's G Unit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be like P Unit. No. Otherwise, that would be in the best of the P's. Yeah. P Unit. P Unit. I guess that's like a unit of people who are going pee. It's like an R. Kelly song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, and R. Kelly singing on it. Oh, man. John from John Breaks Bad News turned me on to that new 19-minute R. Kelly track. Oh, the latest one? Jail. Yeah. I heard about that. <laughs> Called I Admit It. 
I admit it, I did it. I admit I got. And he has a, he has <laughs> he a just photo admits, for it, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he just admits that he. Uh, I admit that I didn't do that shit. Is basically what he's saying. I admit that I got framed. I think was one of the lines. Oh, so this isn't. Uh, I admit it. I did it. This is. I it's admit the equivalent. That this it's the musical me. equivalent of OJ writing. If I did it, it's kind of. What it, I see. Yeah. <laughs> There's one part where he says, "I admit I need a hug." Oh yeah, yeah. I, admit I love Steve Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> but R. Kelly doesn't start with G's. I'm getting us off track here. No, but you did mention O.J. Simpson, and all I can think of is, uh, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Yeah, I remember that. I because when I was when I was in school, um, I think it would have been I would have been grade four, so I'd have been eight or nine or something, and I'd come home at lunch. And that's all we would watch is the O.J. Simpson trial. And I remember watching that part where he's trying to put on the glove and he's got a glove underneath the other glove because he doesn't want to they don't want him to contaminate the evidence. And he's just looking around like, see, this doesn't fit. Uh, So that's that's what it reminded me of. That's how you win court cases is with a rhyme. If you have a good rhyme, any lawyer knows this. If you have a good rhyme, you'll win a court case that actually. Yeah. Speaking of which, a G clip or a G topic, ghosts. Oh, ghosts. Yeah. 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 Ghosts. Ghost dad. Yeah. Ghost dad with, yeah, ghost dad. Um, that was uh, Bill Cosby. It was Bill Cosby, yeah. Do you want to hear about ghosts ghost. being used? I have a two-parter clip. Uh-huh. Ghosts being, being used as evidence in a murder conviction. <gasps> All right, let's hear it. The only thing scarier than being haunted by a ghost is getting sued. And you may not believe in ghosts, but that doesn't mean that they don't show up in lawsuits. Oh my god, the Scaleri brothers! Because telling ghost stories isn't just something that you do around a campfire or as an overused plot device in horror movies. Like once I met this guy who knew 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 this In fact, ghosts have actually repeatedly been involved in litigation. We would have to perform a seance. And when it comes to the paranormal in court, judges don't simply say ghosts aren't real and get that shit out of my courtroom. Judges have repeatedly treated spirits with a veneer of seriousness in both civil and criminal cases. And on occasion, poltergeists have even helped establish legal precedent that we still teach law students to this day. So let's start with the ghost who testified from the dead to convict her own murderer. In July 1897, Edward Trout Shue was convicted of first-degree murder by a Greenbrier County, West Virginia jury in the strangling death of his wife, Zona Shue. What makes this gruesome murder so notable is the evidence that sealed Mr. Shue's fate came from a most surprising source, the ghost of his murdered wife. This was the first and to date only instance in the U.S. history that testimony of a ghost has been admitted as evidence to obtain a conviction. Whoa. Man, this just, this just goes to show you that women are still a problem from the grave. Beyond the grave. Uh, oh my! You want to hear what? Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what she, what she did or didn't do to to deserve that. So I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say whoever killed her was probably in the wrong. But uh, you never know. Never know. <laughs> uh, okay, you want to hear how that all shaked out? Yeah, yeah. 
So how did this ghost help convict her own killer? Well, it's quite the story. On the morning of January 23rd, 1897, the 23-year-old Zona Shu was discovered by an errand boy sent to the house by Trout Shu. The boy found her at the foot of the stairs, face down, dead, uh, her head cocked to one side. By the time the coroner arrived, Trout had moved his wife's body to their bed where he had dressed her in a scarf and high-necked gown. Uh, Trout was sobbing uncontrollably and showed signs of distress whenever the coroner attempted to examine the body. Now, out of respect for the grieving spouse, the coroner stopped his cursory examination and then wrote in his report that Zona died of, quote, everlasting faint or heart attack. At Zona's wake the next day, attendants noticed more odd behavior from Trout. When the casket was open for viewing, Trout immediately covered Zona's neck with a scarf and propped her head with a pillow and blanket. Uh, Trout also put on a display of inconsolable grief, blocking mourners from getting close enough to look at the body. Then, one month later, while Zona's mother lay wide awake at night, Zona's spirit appeared before her mother to reveal a shocking truth that Zona was murdered and Trout was her killer. Zona's mother then went to the local prosecutor to reveal what she had learned from her daughter's ghost. Over a period of four nights, Zona's ghost reportedly appeared and gave a chilling account of her murder. Zona's spirit revealed that Trout had a history of physically abusing her. When Trout became enraged one night that Zona didn't serve meat for dinner, he grabbed his wife by the throat, crushed Okay, see, I told you she didn't serve meat for dinner. That bitch! Revealed that Trout- Oh my goodness. What, is it just a plate of vegetables? Oh no. She didn't even serve meat for dinner. I knew there was something had a history of physically abusing her. When Trout became enraged one night that Zona didn't serve meat for dinner, he grabbed his wife by the throat, crushed her windpipe, and snapped her neck between the first and second vertebrae. After hearing this, the prosecutor went to the coroner to ask what he had observed about Zona's neck. When the coroner revealed the husband had prevented him from examining the neck, the body was exhumed and a second autopsy was performed. They found bruises on Zona's neck in the shape of fingers, a crushed windpipe, and her neck broken between the first and second vertebrae, matching the mother's account from the daughter's ghost. And in the course of investigating, the prosecutor discovered that Shu was not who he seemed. Edward Trout Shu was actually Erasmus Shu, a blacksmith from a neighboring county. Shu also had a history of violence and was married twice before. His first wife got a divorce after enduring physical abuse, while his second wife died under mysterious circumstances after eight months of marriage. But after Trout was charged with the murder, there were real concerns about securing the conviction. While Zona's neck was broken and there were hand marks, there wasn't much hard evidence linking Trout to the crime. The prosecutor was reluctant to subpoena Zona's mother, fearing her ghost story would actually damage the case. But instead of discrediting the witness, it appears that it actually bolstered the prosecution's case. He goes on to say that uh, the ghost the ghost story was what actually secured the conviction more than anything. Wow. And it's and, the uh, mother that was talking to the ghost. I know. It's not ghost dad, Whoa. it's ghost mom. All right, ghost mom. Ghost, ghost da- mom ghost whisperer. Daughter. Oh, yeah. But yeah, how about that? That's wild. I didn't know any of this stuff until I started looking up ghosts. Yeah. Who would have thought, man? Welcome to the Larbert Oaks Mansion Ghost Tour. Built in 1887, five generations of Farsleys have inhabited this mansion, and an unusual number of them have met their deaths under suspicious circumstances. Bad for them, but good for me. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a ghost tour. (laughs) There are over 20 suspicious deaths. So during the tour, why don't you guys stay close by? We wouldn't want to make it 21 tonight, would we? (laughs) It's just after 10 p.m. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. (laughs) Jizz. Sorry? Jizz. Like cum shot. You can say that because you said we can say whatever the hell we want. Sure. Or horse cock? Sure. Yeah, I guess. You know, there are no rules about swearing. Awesome. But let's do try and keep the comments and questions related to the ghost tour, okay? 
Now, uh, if you'll follow me. Now, unfortunately for the wait cock? staff, our two most off-sided <laughs> ghosts reside here in the dining room, or as we like to call it at the Larbert Oaks Mansion, the dying room. <laughs> <laughs> Any of these little fuckers ever pop out of the fucking wall and say, fuck, there's a horse cock in my room or a donkey dick? <laughs> Not to my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> uh. oh man yeah okay what's next um i uh a g-spot i Ooh. i clipped i did a clip from i took a clip from uh the sunday night sex show with sue johansson and she I was talking about, yeah we were talking about her on the uh the best of the f's i believe and uh she has she has a little she has a segment on that show where she brings out uh sex toys and she's describing uh this this particular vibrator and what it does so this one is a great one the g slender g spot stimulator a great sex toy it's a vibrator it's multi-speed and it is uh well made and uh well designed. It's one of the better sex toys, one of the better butt plugs for both males and females. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, now I know. What was the brand name again? I've been looking for uh, a good butt plug. I've never had one before. <laughs> I think it was G Slender. I think she she did say the name of it. G, G something. G Slender. It was G Slender. It did. It, 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 it looked, uh, it was a, it was a phallic looking vibrator and it was a, a long and thin and it curved and it had a curve because it's a, a g-spot stimulator nice well that's pretty cool and, I, yeah. yeah oh um i couldn't find other other uh g-spot uh clips because it's g-spot um yeah i don't know i've uh does that even does that even really exist the g-spot <laughs> i thought that was a I myth believe- I thought that was a myth, like uh, like HIV or uh, or uh, something else. That was a myth. The Holocaust? No. <laughs> well, I could only find that one clip. Uh, well, that just goes to show you that it's probably not real. Nobody's talking about it. I thought there would be way more people talking about it. Uh, the G spot, the good, what the ch 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 spot, the ch 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 G spot. That's how Fifty Cent would say it. Yeah, I think so. Um, there was there were. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's all you. That was a shorty. Yeah, it was a shorty, but I got a couple of other clips that uh, I was uh, I was curious about. Have you ever wondered what a giraffe sounds like? Wait, let me do my best imitation of a giraffe. Okay. Hello, I'm a giraffe. Is that what they sound like? That's a real. That's a good guess. Okay. But no. Um, damn. It, it. You know, I'm sure that's what they would sound like if they ta- if they spoke. Uh, but I I got I got a cl- couple clips of of giraffes. Giraffe sounds. Are you ready? That sounds like a ghost. It does sound like a ghost. Yeah. I've been pretty close up with giraffes, like uh, not in a long time, but you know, throughout the years of my life, whether for work or being at the zoo, and they let you get pretty close when you feed the giraffes. And mm-hmm. I don't remember them making noises. 
but they were probably that sounds like a mad giraffe. Maybe when you make them mad, they make that. Yeah. Maybe that's when they found the G spot. <laughs> so the G stands for giraffe and G spot. Giraffe spot. <laughs> you want me to do the second one? Oh yeah, yeah, do the second one. I'm starting to get yeah. suspicious about that being really a giraffe. Hmm. But maybe I, that's I, just me. It's it's a it's a strange sound. I I I always thought they were they were silent and they wouldn't make such noises. It does sound haunted. Yeah, something's up with that. Maybe they should have giraffe uh, giraffe ghost tours. Yeah, maybe they should. Got it. <laughs> These are the exact dishes that were set out for Eliza and Henry Farsley the night they met their untimely demise. I guess Henry should have swiped left. <laughs> Any of these fuckers ever fucking fall out of the ceiling and have like a big messy shit? I don't have an answer for you. Or have a dingleberry. I, I have a question. When people see Eliza and Henry, what are they wearing? Okay, that's a great question. Oh, so we find apparitions are most commonly wearing the clothes that they died in. Oh yeah, do they ever just like fucking run around nude and you see like one of their big old fucking hairy nuts? Hey, can I talk to you for a second, please? Excuse me, excuse me. glad you're having fun it's interesting the ghosts but you're ruining the tour it's the adult tour it's not for kids dude i work really hard at what i do and you're totally insulting it i just asked if they're ever falling out of the sea throw the hell up stop trying to be funny this is the worst day i've had on this job if you want to stay on this tour shut the hell up you got it yes good exactly to the day three years later just as she predicted. And the only witness? The exact same Charles Croft who had seen her mother's fall. Does anybody have any questions? Not trying to be funny. Not trying to get a laugh. I don't want anybody to have the worst day at their job. But do any of these fuckers <laughs> ever blast out of the wall and have like a huge cum shot? No, they don't. <laughs> Oh, what else you got? I go on about ghosts and cum shots all day. Oh, it's <laughs> <that's> pretty funny. <laughs> um, I how about um, I I think this will go well with the uh, ghosts and cum shots. <laughs> um, uh, Belle Delphi, uh, gamer girl. I got a couple of oh, clips yeah. from her for, about that. Um, there's the intro. And then there is a gamer girl. Yeah, that's the gamer girl. Belle Delphine. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Go Belle ahead. Delphine is a pink-wigged 19-year-old cosplayer, gamer, and social media star who made headlines by selling her used bathwater to her fans online. Who is she really? Did this so-called gamer girl bathwater really make people sick? What does this all mean? This is the untold truth of Belle Delphine. Let's begin. Let's begin. <laughs> you know who Vito Giswaldi is? The jokes are funny guy. Him and Dick Masterson were at the Dave Chappelle protest. Oh, yes. Yeah, he, that's he, uh, the... Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. The big big fat dude. Uh, he vaped. Yeah. He bought Belle Delphine's uh, bathwater and vaped a whole vape of it. Put it in his vape. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get like bronchitis or worse. Yeah, she could be using like, like bath uh, salts. 
Oh, like the kind that make yeah. you eat people? Yeah, yeah. You can get high and... <laughs> <laughs> this is fragrant <laughs> oh, oh <God>. bath water <laughs> uh, uh, second clip yeah the second clip uh, was there anything in that oh maybe not oh, okay I think it's I dead might... silence oh sorry oh okay I might have deleted the wrong one okay no, you're fine sorry. give me the rundown um, of it um, it was it was just a, a quick clip. It was just talking about uh, gamer girl bathwater. Yeah, Belle Delphine kind of creeps me out. She's like we. She's a little weird looking. Yeah, she's weird looking. Especially yeah, now that yeah. she's like marketing herself towards. Um, she started like dressing up as like a baby and stuff and weird shit like that. Or <laughs> like and you're like, oh, I don't oh. Know about this. or not oh, a baby, but okay. what do you call it? Like um, I guess like a baby doll and the oh, pacifiers yeah. and all that. It's like okay, what are we doing here? She wants to go to a rave and and uh, do Molly and dance. Yeah, I guess. And, and then you hear her talk and you're like, "Oh God, that's the main problem." <laughs> before I before she started doing weird shit and bef- and yeah. uh, and before uh, I heard her talk, it's like, "Yeah, I jerked off to her once or twice. That was it, you know, one and done." That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of uh, jerking off, uh, one and done. Um, I got a couple goat uh, goatsy clips. One about uh, uh, how about goatsy. Merch. The official Goatsy.cx merchandise is coming soon. Oh, coming. <laughs> coming, yeah, yeah. What's Goatsy? Oh, well, Goatsy is uh, is a website that, um, well, it's it just, it, it's a website and it'll show you an asshole that has been way ripped apart open. And that's, uh, that is Goatsy. Goatsy. It's, a, it's, it's an old, old website that uh, people would tell each other to go to uh in the early days of the internet uh to to shock them kind of like the lemon party oh you know, the lemon party yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's in the similar vein okay um so now uh goats he is uh now they now they got merch and nice yeah yeah and uh, uh you got another one here i do yes i'm gonna set this up yeah um uh I think this one just talks about the uh, uh, dolphin dolphin sex. Decision on an AUP complaint is made. In the case of Goatsy.cx, which contains only two prominent links at the bottom of the site, one of which is to the dolphin sex site, it is hard to fathom that the registrant was not aware that this would not constitute a violation of the AUP. (laughs) That was a a loaded clip there. (laughs) It's a bit of a loaded clip. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so it's. <laughs> You've heard the uh, yeah. the true story of the dolphin NASA funding the dolphin sex, Carl Sagan no. and all that. Oh, oh my goodness! They were no. there's this girl that was like jerking off dolphins, and they were feeding the dolphins LSD, and it was Jonathan John Lilly, the guy that was shooting up ketamine and getting in the isolation tanks with dolphins, trying to communicate with them. <gasps> and this girl was like feeding this dolphin acid, and she started growing attached to the dolphin and to save time in the language lessons. So she wouldn't have to like take it all the way to another tank and like transport it to the girl dolphin. Cause it kept humping her. So she just started jerking it off on the reg. And then NASA <gasps> and Carl Sagan found out about it. Carl Sagan was like, you're going to, it's like, how am I ever going to like convince NASA to fund you guys again? If they've, <laughs> if you're just like pounding off dolphins and giving them ass. And it's a true story. That's a wild, uh, that's a, uh, a wild one. Dolphin. Yeah, they spent. Oh yeah, NASA spent a good, a good couple of years just jerking off dolphins with our money. 
Wow. Just that is, uh, you, yeah, you don't, that's something that they don't talk about. You know, they, they, they talk about frivolous spending, but they don't talk about uh, dolphin cum being spilt on it. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Oh my God, that picture. Abel Kirby, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you, Abel Kirby. <laughs> <sighs> is that goat Uh goat? It is, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is, uh, that is, I'm going to end. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go, but go to bed now and call it a night. <laughs> Sufficiently traumatized. Oh my goodness. Um, after you see oh. a picture of a dude's gaping <laughs> asshole, I feel like you have to look at tits just to, um, counteract it or something. It is a prolapsed anus. Yeah, that's bad. It's, it, that is a <sighs> surgery <clears throat> for sure. All right, moving on. Moving on. Um, holy shit. How, how about you? You did say pussy, okay? Well, I clipped uh, Donald Trump because uh, you know, I mean, grab did him I by say, the pussy. Did I, say, I thought you I did. I said tits, but close oh, enough. tits! Oh, close enough. Okay, close enough. Okay, yeah, I, is, it's because I was looking at my my classic? list here. Is this, it, the classic? this is the classic. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I gotta go with that. I'm sorry. That that's yeah. I gotta go for the classic. You know. Uh, how many people have made the Billy Bush joke? His last name is Bush. Oh. I'm talking about pussy. It's got to oh. been done plenty of times. I like it. Probably plenty of times. Congratulations. You're the one millionth person to make the Billy Bush pussy joke. You know, I'm automatically <laughs> attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. <laughs> I can do anything. <laughs> I can do anything. <laughs> anything you want. <laughs> that was yeah. what two weeks before the election and he still fucking won and he still won that's right uh, oh yeah what a classic <laughs> it's such a classic it's i a had classic. to bring that the, i mean what am, what am i gonna do not bring it i have to it's the yeah. rules <laughs> and you can bring it again when we get to pee <gasps> true yeah i'll keep that under my hat yeah yeah <clears throat> um Luckily, I know literally everything there is to know about getting pussy. All right, I got something <laughs> for you here. Okay, all right. One of my favorite G's of all time. This guy was a legend. He was uh, a mover and shaker. He lived in a, okay. a, a different time and place, and uh, he really changed the world. Berlin, 1945. At the heart of the ruined city, the charred remains of Dr. Joseph Goebbels and his wife. Close by, the dead bodies of their six children. The Goebbels kill their own children, poison them, because their love for Hitler and their love for Nazism is just so great that they'd rather commit infanticide than to see the world without their beloved Führer and their beloved Nazis. Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi master of propaganda and marketing. Joseph Goebbels was brilliant at his job. He starts using simple imagery, simple wording, and he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew his audience. Joseph Goebbels, the man who sold Hitler. Goebbels elevates Hitler into a godlike figure, into a divine presence, and imbues him with a spirituality that he hopes will inspire people on a level that transcends anything that ordinary politicians could offer. 
Joseph Goebbels, the club-footed socialist, university academic and novelist. This extraordinarily intelligent man was one of the most evil men in history. I might have oversold him a little bit now that looking back on my introduction to him. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, mm. And j- speaking of Goebbels, gerbils Goebbels? also with a G. Gerbils. They're like little mice, oh, but foot fuzzier. They, they, they both kind of sound, sound alike, but are spelt and pronounced differently. You think Goebbels ever shoved a gerbils up his ass? He, I think he got called a gerbil as a, as a young, as a young um, school young boy. A young I have buck. a backgrounder on his upbringing as a child. Born in 1897 near Dusseldorf, Paul Joseph Goebbels is the sickly child of a bookkeeping clerk. Life wasn't particularly easy for Joseph Goebbels. He contracted polio very young, which left him club-footed and physically frail. As a student, he excels at school and then here at Heidelberg University, and he decides to become a novelist. He is a highly intelligent person. He earns a doctorate in Romance Language Literature at Heidelberg University. Goebbels, like many academics, is left-wing. He believes in a large state and state control. He blames free market capitalism for ruining Germany. Goebbels, in the early years, is more on the socialist side of of national socialism. He is interested in bringing down capitalism. Goebbels has read Karl Marx. Marx vilifies the Jews as usurers and money worshippers. Marx calls Polish Jews the smeariest of all races. Marx even calls his political opponents Jewish niggers. Goebbels had a pathological hatred for capitalism. He associated capitalism with a Jewish conspiracy. The N-word, you know what the N-word is? Karl Marx, I didn't realize that Karl Marx had such a profound influence on the Nazi propaganda machine. I I didn't know that either. Um, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, this, uh, there's a little, like, um, almost all the clips I brought are things I didn't know about before. Oh, okay. It's going to be the theme of this one. I actually learned some shit, believe it or not. Nice. Look at me learning things. This is when uh, Gerbils meets Hitler. Gerbil Goebbels meets Gerbil Hitler in the Gerbil. (laughs) In the 1920s, Goebbels is looking for political direction. He finds it when he comes across a Bavarian activist, Adolf Hitler. This is a lightning bolt moment for Goebbels. He says what Hitler has to say chimes exactly with what I'm thinking but haven't been able to express. It's transformational. When he had seen Hitler speak, he had been mesmerized by him. And in his diaries, he talks about how he almost feels a love for Hitler. He refers to Hitler as half commoner, half god. Goebbels is enthralled by Hitler. And as it happens, Hitler needs Goebbels. When Goebbels joins the Nazi party, it is little more than a local Bavarian sect. In Berlin, few people have heard of Hitler's National Socialists. It will be Goebbels' job to go there and put the Nazis on the map. This is really significant because up until then, the Nazis had only really been successful in their home area around Bavaria. And Berlin was still largely under the thrall of the communists and other parties. So to crack Berlin was a key aim and objective for the Nazis. And Hitler entrusted it personally to Goebbels. 
So they were two peas in a poop or peas in a pod. Peas in a those two guys. I got one more clip on grapples unless you have any questions. No, no, go on. No, I, no. I want to hear the rest of them. Okay, cool. I just asked you not to do this. You can't change the rules just because you don't like how I'm doing it. Can we or can we not swear? Yes, I'm not changing any rules. Big fat load of covenant. I'm just asking you to use a little bit more judgment when you talk. I don't know what is going on, but somewhere our wires got crossed. You're saying we're allowed to swear. I'm saying big fat load of cum and horse cock, and you're getting mad. Do you see where I'm like, <sighs> look, I've had enough. Okay, you're done. I just... You're done. Look, we're sick of listening to your crap. Okay. Now get on. Hi, Mom. Make any friends? Not really. Oh, man. That was the wrong... That wasn't even the right clip. I was trying to play this one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is a godless religion, Nazism, and it has its messiah in the form of Hitler, but you can certainly see Goebbels as perhaps the highest priest in this religion. The Nazis have gained as much support as they ever will by free and democratic means. They now move to establish a dictatorship, and as they do, Goebbels' job changes. It is no longer to influence how people vote. It is to control what they think. The first act of Nazi thought control comes from Germany's universities. In May 1933... Thousands of academics march in torch-lit parades against the un-German spirit. In Berlin alone, 40,000 teachers and students build bonfires to burn politically incorrect books. Hundreds of professors sign petitions supporting the Nazis. More than half of Germany's university students are members of the Nazi student organization. 97% of Germany's teachers enroll in the Nazi Teachers Association. Of all groups supporting the Nazis, German intellectuals are among the most enthusiastic. The book burnings were attended by many of Germany's leading academics. It's a sad fact that academics have not always supported free speech. Far from it. There you go. I thought that was uh, telling that the Goebbels and Hitler had the universities as their top priority when they first started the propaganda rollout. Oh, yeah, it completely makes sense, and they wanted to... Do you think they were burning books because uh, they were sick of reading them? <laughs> um, I mean, in some sense, or they didn't... I mean, yeah, the, I'm sure there was an element of that and an element of they didn't want other people reading them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't want to read any more books. Yeah, I mean, I can understand They're that just, aspect of it. Yeah. Books are kind of stupid. This was a... it's one of the, it was like, I always thought I was like, because I used to read a lot especially Stephen King and stuff. And then I was like, books are kind of gay. You know, like it I was would, trying okay, to fight so that. If, I was trying to fight that uh, for so long. And then I was like, <laughs> it's like, no, it's like good to read books. And then you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, the fuck am I doing reading this book? There's some like exceptions if, to that rule. If uh, you were reading um, Stephen King's Twitter, would, would you stop? Would it make you want to read more Stephen King books or less Stephen King less. books? 
Yes. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Well, I more giraffe got, sounds. Uh, I hope. Oh, uh, you know, I I was um, because you brought brought on Gerbils. You know what I mean? I think glitter is a is a nice <laughs> is a nice way to 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 uh, is a nice segue. Okay. Yeah. So I I got a couple of uh, glitter clips. Uh, glitter. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Yes. Which one yeah. does it matter? Um, I'd start with the glitter glitter Barbie. You can get into glitter with new mix and glitz. Pick your look, hit the lights at gel, then color and glitter all night. This makes mess. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Is that an old Barbie yeah. commercial? Yeah. What do they do? Just yeah. they, it comes with glitter and glue and you glitter glue the Barbie glitter on it? Yeah. I mean, you know, in the nineties, Barbie glitter, glitter, Barbie, Barbie glitter. I- I fucking hate glitter so much. Not in any, it's, not for any reason other than the fact that once you get that shit on you, it just never comes off, and you just keep finding it on your skin and in your clothes. Yep, it's awful. You know, do you, do you think uh, Goebbels uh, was using glitter? Probably. That's probably why he was so pissed off. He found out a Jewish guy invented glitter or something. I'd be too. <laughs> do you think he got glitter on him? Like as <laughs> I remember as a uh, young man <laughs> I, I, on the Tales from the Tour bus, Rick James some of his bandmates talking about that glitter. He's like, I still got glitter in my saxophone case that I can't get out to this day. It's on all my old clothes. Yeah. Like, man, that glitter, man, that glitter was so nice. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of glitter. It looks cool, but um, it does look cool. That's about, that's as far as I take it. Don't want it around me. But No, I don't Can want it around me. You no. like, snorted a line of glitter. <laughs> Oh, no. That shit would never leave your lungs. It would, no, it would never leave my lungs. No. It would. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think Barbie got glitter all over G.I. Joe. Whoa, yeah. I almost almost brought G.I. Joe, but I was like, I know Karen will do it. Take a look at the new G.I. Joe Tomahawk. Look, Cobra's attacking the Offbreaker. Tomahawk to the rescue. Tomahawk holds eight Joes and it's loaded for battle. Yo, Joe! Tomahawk's gonna chase some Cobra. Tomahawk is on the go. Hey, yo, Cobra. Cobra Commander. <laughs> I have a G.I. Joe name. As uh oh, what's the GI Joe? Once you've called into OBDM three times, they they get you 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 are allowed to be dubbed a GI Joe name. I think I was I'm Skidmark. Um, Skidmark. I believe Booberry is Dial Tone, <laughs> and Adam is Footloose. I'm trying to remember all the rest of the GI Joe names. There's a lot out there. Skidmark is like the it's like yeah, of course I'd get fucking Skidmark. Sounds like you shit your underwear. Oh. I, I, OBDM should have like one of those name generators, kind of like uh. Uh, you know, those Juggalo name generators. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As I think, on, I think like, my Juggalo name is Straight and... Murder. <laughs> uh, okay, I have, uh, speaking of diarrhea uh-huh. and, like, poop in your pants, I have a message from the CDC here. Okay. Go. Aha. Gonorrhea is a major public health concern in the United States. I've had I this a lot. It. I've had I this knew a lot. they were gonna say that. <gasps> okay, I, it's like, like I knew when you okay. So you have diarrhea, and mm-hmm. then you eat cheese or something, and it's and it makes and or you just you know you take a, the opposite of a stool softener. 
and then your oh. diary is gone, and so it's gone, Aria. Yeah. That's what this means, right? Your diary is gone. <laughs> That's what I've heard, yeah. Yeah. Gonorrhea is a major public health concern in the United States. More than one million new infections occur each year. But because many people don't have symptoms, fewer than half are detected and reported to CDC. Untreated gonorrhea can cause serious health problems. It can increase the risk of a life-threatening ectopic pregnancy, cause conditions that can lead to infertility. And See, none of this stuff would even affect me. So if my diarrhea goes away, I can, I'm not going to get pregnant or be, uh, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And increase yeah. a person's risk of getting or giving HIV. Well, I don't want that. Medication to treat gonorrhea has been around for decades, but the bacteria has grown resistant to nearly every drug ever used to treat it. In the 1980s, resistance to penicillin and tetracycline grows, and they are no longer recommended to treat gonorrhea. Fluoroquinolones what? are the leading drugs to treat gonorrhea in the 1990s, but the bacteria was adapting to the drugs. CDC modifies treatment for much of the next decade. Hold on. Now, wait a minute. That, I thought gonorr- mm-hmm. this must be a different gonorrhea. I was thinking of the I kind think of gonorrhea. I think it might be a, yeah. Yeah, where your diarrhea is all gone. I was, that's a different kind, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you don't I need antibiotics a, for that. No, no. But you, you, but you know what you need? Uh, a cheesy gordita f- crunch from Taco Bell. Whoa. Can I get yeah. two cheesy gordita crunch? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh man. Okay. What order should I do these? Uh, I I think uh, I think you should do iconic and then can't live without the cheesy gordita crunch is an iconic item from Taco Bell. Oh, it's review bra. Love review bra. He's great. He's been a staple of this alphabet series. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I want to bring more review bra to this to this series because he's just he's great. He does shortwave radio. Did you know that? Really, like a, what AM or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he it's a. I I hope he still does it. Uh, I, and I, I know he does up. the. Yeah. I can get like cool. Alex Jones and some other weird AMs, even on FM. But review bra, I don't even know how I'd find them, but I can. I can scan the stations while I'm driving around. Oh, cool. He always we, mentions we, we it can't on the... Re- I'm sorry. Uh, oh, he always mentions clip. it on... <laughs> he always he does mention it on the, on his uh, pro, uh, on this series that he does in the review of the week. Now, is the cheesy gordita crunch, I'm going to assume that's a Taco Bell item? It is a Taco Bell item, and he... Uh, review Bra does review uh, fast food items that are brand new. On menus, so uh, the cheesy gordita crunch would have been a new menu item. So he goes out and he and he tries it out and he reviews I, it. I have not tried this. I do like their grilled cheese, steak, and beef burritos. We 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 can't live without it, right? Everyone has to have those gordita crunch is crunch is <laughs> like that. <laughs> Let's hear that again. Crunch is. <laughs> that's great that's great gordita crunch great. is <laughs> that's pretty good and now that um, you're you, you know, know what you got your gir- oh sorry what well i was gonna say i while we're on food i have food but it's uh it's a, oh it, okay but if you have any other food it starts oh, with other G. food um, so i got a food over here 
I have, oh, I have sausage gravy. Hillbilly Kitchen. Yeah. Uh, ah. Hi, folks, and welcome to Hillbilly Kitchen. Today, we're going to be making sausage gravy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, is this gravy for your sausage, or is it sausage (gasps) or gravy that has sausage in it? It has, it's gravy with, oh, I think, uh, I think it is made of gravy, uh, sausage, but I'm sure you could put, put this gravy on your sausage if you want. Or put your sausage in the gravy. Or yeah, you could put your sausage in the gravy, but, uh, I, I would wait until it's cooled down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That hot butter is going to come spurting out. Third degree burn. You don't want that to happen. Fucking Chef Goldblum. Uh, All right. Here's an old lady talking about... I have a lot of gum... Well, I don't have a lot. I have four gumbo clips. You ever had gumbo? Oh, okay. No, I haven't. Well, this is an old lady talking about gumbo for a minute. Hi, this is Frances Mills coming back to you again. Today, what we're going to do is feature gumbo. Gumbo is Louisiana's very favorite dish, and it is also considered the dish... Uh, of Louisiana. So it's become very famous over the years. It, it, uh, it's been served in its early days at a, as a governor's gathering in New Orleans. It was served at a Cajun party. It's been uh, when Paul Prudhomme um, came on the scene and became so popular. That's when gumbo really, really got its start of popularity. And it, it was also served has also been added to the Senate uh, cafeteria menu uh, in honor of a uh, senator. So anyway. So that's, uh, so I can't believe you never had gumbo. I used to make big batch Cajun style chicken and pork sausage gumbo about 40 gallons at a time when I was a uh, prep cook. And that oh, shit was good. You got to have some gumbo. You ever make it back down south? You got to try to get some yeah. gumbo. That's uh, where. That's what I heard uh, that you got to have it is in the south. Louisiana is really probably the best spot because that's where it originated from. And speaking of which, here's a little brief history on gumbo. Gumbo is uh, pretty ubiquitous in the southern half of Louisiana. The origins kind of a mixed bag, just like gumbo itself. Some of the origins um, include West African slave trade coming into the New Orleans port, bringing their combo, K-O-M-B-O is the word that I've seen. And then from there, it gets influenced by the Spanish population that's there, the Caribbean population, uh, even the Italian, Sicilian um, population is there. And so all that becomes its own thing and everybody has their own way of doing it um, and they're all delicious and my wife's family is Cajun they came to southern Louisiana around the time of the Revolutionary War the late 1700s they moved down with uh, the um, Acadians from southern Canada and then they picked it up and they do their own style generally a lot of the gumbos in New Orleans are more Creole in nature um, going to be a little thicker uh, usually have some kind of tomato product in there, like chopped tomatoes or tomato puree. The Cajun gumbos are definitely more brothy and more of a soup. And of course, near the coast, you're going to have more shrimp and crab gumbos. A little inland, you'll have more chicken and game. The Cajuns and the French influence, a lot of homemade sausages. The Cajuns are known for as being um, hunters and fisher and traders, and they would make sausage and smoke it. That's the andouille, the classic andouille. 
Everybody knows that the Chinese language is just a series of made-up nonsense sounds. I love me some gumbo. I love me some gumbo. Um, I have, uh, you know who doesn't like gumbo, apparently? Who? Chef Gordon Ramsay. Oh, of course not. Wow. It looks like Chappie took a crappy in my gumbo. It's like a puddle. It's just watery. Really watery. That is fucking disgusting. If this dish was done right, it could be a game changer. But right now, it's a game ender. TJ, is there a problem in the kitchen? It's not even hot. It's not hot. No? I mean, it's just like lukewarm and gloopy. See the skin? Yeah. Very watery. There's no flavor anywhere. It's just bland. Gotcha. We'll get it fixed. We'll bring me next one. Thank you. Okay. Wow. Champions. First of all, this is cold. It's just absolutely filled with water. Filled with water? I thought I drained it pretty well. <gasps> Hi. Hey, it's everything. Uh-oh. He hadn't liked anything I've done so far. I haven't watched much Hell's Kitchen, but uh-huh. has Gordon yep. Ramsay ever liked anything he's been served? Has he ever been like, that was terrific? Or is he just always an asshole? I think he he's he likes his own food and he would prefer it if he was the only one that cooked ever. And <laughs> it's that's the vibe I Yeah, yeah. Um I, and I think he's he's just a picky boy. Yeah. You know, he wants to get the the crusts cut off of his sandwich and then Ugh. it's got to be cut diagonally instead of by the side, you know. Now, that's okay. Uh, this All is right. my last gumbo clip. And in okay. this is, I mean, it's not too much of a spoiler because you know how he's going to react to the gumbo he tries, but he burps mm-hmm. and then pukes or at least fake pukes into a trash can. He, he probably fake pukes just for it's, the, just for the camera. Yeah. 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 Two to one. Okay. What is it? It's a uh, Mardi Gras gumbo. Oh God. Does it normally look like a plate of liquid shit? No. Every time I make my gumbo, it always gets eaten and everybody loves it. Mm. It's going to be good. Excuse me. (coughs) Fucking hell. God. Are you crazy? Have you tasted that? No, I didn't get a chance to taste it, chef. (coughs) So you cooked it and you didn't even taste it? I didn't have enough time. I'm so sorry you don't like it. Don't like it? I'm sorry it wasn't up to par. Up to par. It's unedible. Okay, then throw it out. No, I'm not going to throw it out. Big man. Yes, sir. You like your food? Take a mouthful. Pass it along. It was completely repulsive. I would have rather had a cat shit in my mouth than have eaten that any further. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. I don't even know how to explain that. (laughs) Vinny, what was that tasting of? A big bowl of mud. A big bowl of mud. You know, when you're not watching the video, it makes it sound, it actually sounds like Gordon Ramsay's force feeding people like their own food. He just passed you know around just, to a bunch of people the bowl he was eating out of and they shared the same spoon from what I could tell. I was like, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> They, they they couldn't even have their own spoon. They have to use the same spoon as Gordon's. I mean, there's a good chance it was just edited out for time, but they, he just oh, passes yeah. over the bowl and spoon and makes everybody try. Yeah, 
<laughs> that's that's all the gumbo news I have for today. Stay tuned for more gumbo. Well, no, probably never going to do gumbo news again. <laughs> this is a gumbo exclusive on abs in a six pack. Yes. Miracle man, come home. Miracle man, come home. <laughs> all right. What else you got in the G category? Goals. Ooh. I, I've, I, I think uh, goals are very important. And so does Matthew McConaughey. Talking about field he believes goals? goals are very yeah. He 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 write he writes down his goals with a pencil or a pen. It was with a pen because because uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey in 1992 writing these goals, he was a serious man. My so, goal is to write down goals with a pencil. So if I ever want to change my goals, I can erase it. Oh okay. And if then when I yeah. get my goals listed, that's what I'm going to write down. <laughs> that goal to get a <laughs> pencil. <laughs> are you, do you do you like do you like mechanical pencils or like, or like i do like H? a good mechanical pencil like a good five dollar mechanical pencil i use the same one through so like do I. most of uh senior year of high school and then lost it and used once i got into college i started losing pens more uh, oh yeah or pencils but yeah no a good a good solid mechanical pencil yeah mechanical you pencils are where 0. it's 0.7 or 0. 0.5 lead type of gal I like a zero point seven. A thicker one, Just, I think. Yeah. It's a little thicker. Yeah, yeah. Because because I like to angle. I don't know. I put my I put my hand a little ang- angular when I'm when I'm writing. So uh, the the finer it is, I'll just I'll that'll just it'll just snap. So Servo says it comes I, I like, in zero point three, but I don't think that might be. Uh, is that like a um, maybe piece drawing? Of tiny? Yeah, maybe it's for a drawing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Goals by Matthew McConaughey from 1992. Yes. Writing in a journal is how we make contracts with ourselves. Um, Sometimes we write things down so we can go back and look at them and see, hey, am I still on track? Am I still chasing what I want to chase? Other times we write things down, and I know this has happened for me. I wrote down 10 goals in life in 1990. 92. I never have looked at those goals. I have never looked at them until two years ago when I was writing the book Green Lights and I found the list. And I was like, I remember when I wrote this, but I've never even looked at this list. And son of a gun, if all ten of the things and goals that I wrote down I hadn't already achieved or was in the midst of achieving. Oh, must be nice. I wonder if one of his goals was to get up in front of the White House uh, press secretary briefing or whatever and fake cry about guns. I don't like- think that that was one of the goals, but you know what? You segued into another G word, guns. Ooh, I have gun clips also. Oh, cool. I got one where this guy, ha- he shot a bunch of rifles that um it, i think it it must have been 200 rifles and he had them he, it was like a you know those banquet tables he had a whole lineup of them and uh i he had it he had a golden AK47 which which was oh. cool um but the one he shot here wasn't the AK47 i just i clipped this because i really liked his um uh, I, I liked his enthusiasm, and I share I, I share that enthusiasm uh, definitely when I have shot a gun. This is a SOCOM 16 chambered in 308. 
I love that gun. That's such a good gun. Yeah. Oh, he talks about it like thought, it's a dog. I know. <laughs> I love that gun. That is such a good gun. Uh, does this oh, does so this fun. factor into your uh, the Glock? Oh yeah, the Glock song. Yeah, yeah. That's a uh, it's it's um I I you could you could play that. Ain't nothing like a Glock. Matter of fact, I think I want to try to name every Glock in one song. Check it out. Glock, 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 Glock. I got my Glock, 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 Glock. It did kind of sound like he said cock. It also, well, I was going to say it sounds like he's giving really good head. Glock, 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 Glock. It's got that glug, glug going. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. Like, are, you, yeah. Are, you, are you rapping or are you somebody fucking your mouth right now? <laughs> uh, you know, the world may never know. Uh. <laughs> All right, here's, uh, here's my gun. Back when, back, uh, you know, right after, um, that uh, Connecticut shooting, Piers Morgan oh, was yeah. having everybody on his show to tell him about how guns were bad. This is when Bill Maher was on. This is a gun culture. We love guns. I mean, I would love somebody just to make a speech and say, okay, we're never going to get rid of all the guns, but do we have to adore them? Do we have to love them so much? I, I, I look... Uh, <laughs> wow, that was kind of serendipitous. Hang on, let's see what I can do here. This is a gun culture. We love guns. I mean... I would love somebody just to make a speech and say, okay, we're never going to get rid of all the guns, but do we have to adore this them? Do we have to love them so much? Uh, I look at guns like I love that gun. antibiotics. That's such a good gun. You know, maybe sometimes you need them, but <laughs> I don't kiss my antibiotics. I don't polish them. I don't worship my amoxicillin. If I need it, it's there, you know. Is that what this he gets for his country gunnery? just has a very bad relationship with guns. But what is it about and this ideological dream of the right to bear arms that, that overrides any other rights? I mean, the rights to not have your children killed at school. I mean, it seems to me it's all a little warped. I don't think that was here, in know? the Constitution. Ever since I've been in America doing this show from <laughs> Gabby Giffords onwards, there have been regular incidents involving guns where you can't really work out how the perpetrators have got hold of these weapons in any sensible, legal manner. And how many thousands have been killed and shot since Gabby, Gabby Giffords? Mm-hmm. It's so typical of this country to, to focus on that one woman, and we're glad that she recovered to the extent that she did. I remember when she came back to the Congress, they said it was a great feel-good story. And I oh, Anyway, fuck Bill Moore. Um, I was trying to find a beer that began with G. Oh! And the only thing I could oh. find was a grapefruit steagle, which is a fruit. Oh! Grape, grapefruit. You know, it's kind of redundant, too, because grapes are already a fruit, and then you have a fruit called grapefruit, and it's kind of like... Oh, What's there? Yeah. But, um, anyway, I'm drinking on a Modella Nigra, is how you say it. Della Nigra. The N-word. You know what the N-word is? I I am drinking a uh, Molson Dry Lager, the official beer of Montreal, Quebec. Whoa. I've been drinking beer. Beer, 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 beer. Um, yes. Okay, so Pierce Morgan had another man on for the gun debate. You guys want to disarm all of America. No, I don't. Diane <gasps> Feinstein, no, Bill does. I don't. Gun confiscation. No, let me clarify for you. You don't seem to understand. First what you register, then you confiscate. No. Always done the same. Here's what the campaign on well, this Well, here, show. give me your little cue cards no. and I'll answer your questions for what you. What was the weapon used at Sandy Hook? I've already gone over that and already answered it for we you. We haven't talked about Sandy Hook. No, again, what I, was the weapon? it's a 223 M4. 
Right. Again, it's but statistically, an, right. they're using very low percentage of, of right. shootings, but period. All you, all you but seeing, you guys, all you people wouldn't go swimming because the movie Jaws, the biggest, even though great white Alex, sharks kill five people Alex, a year, Alex, you're trying to scare people. Let me say something. There's no metal shark in the water. The same type of weapon was used in the last yeah, three and that's right. mass shootings. And Hitler used semi-autos to kill people. Why would you and not? so did Mao. Why would you? Why is the government arming the teeth you, against us? Alex, I don't know. What about Fast and Furious? Alex, Why do our government ship guns into Mexico? Alex. <laughs> Pierce Mor I love it when I see Pierce Morgan not be able to get a word in edgewise. Oh, I know. Kill, kill, Me too. Kill. Many, many let's times talk, more. Alex, let's talk it's about not the gun. It's not the rock. It's not the right. knife. When a mother chops Alex, her kids up with a cleaver because she's on serotonin. Alex, tell me why I'm wrong. Why don't you want to get AR rid of the drugs? Because they're half your sponsors? No, stick to the, to the subject. America's number one cause of unnatural death now is suicide. Okay. Alex, not not automobile accident, not cancer. Not, you listen, accuse me of attacking the Second Amendment of the Constitution. I want to get people off pills that the insert says will Alex, make you commit suicide Alex, and kill people. Alex, let's get about to the Second I Amendment. I want to blame Alex, the real culprit. Alex, suicide pills. Alex, mass murder pills. Okay, let me ask you one question. Your belief, unless I'm wrong. First time anybody's ever heard this, by the way. Your belief, unless I'm wrong. Anybody. It's the first time anybody's ever heard this. Your real concern is that you will be Maybe overrun by a tyrannical regime, either from somewhere else yeah, or from your checkpoints. Look at Mexico. Total gun ban for the citizens. Highest crime rate in the world. 57,000 people dead the last five years. Total gun ban for the citizens. But you, you're Switzerland made... has the lowest crime rate Alex, in Europe. Alex, your country has Alex, the highest. Alex, we have 35 gun murders a year. You have 11,000. You, you people get Alex, their brains. It's the higher crime Alex, rate. Let me ask Violent you. Violent crime is higher. On this specific... It's brains. Alex, it's people. I'm trying to get inside your brains. Pierce, it's if not you punched me right easy. now, it'd be not your fist, Alex, but your brain that did Alex, it. let me get inside your brain. Okay. okay? Take a drink every I'm time serious. Pierce says Alex. You have a very, very big platform. <laughs> you air, I think, on 63... Networks no, no, that Wikipedia is like 10 years old. I'm on over 140 okay. stations. XM. Millions of Americans hear you. Over a million and a half day. visitors to InfoWars.com right. today. Where we have the statistics audience. posted right okay. now. Okay. InfoWars.com. Who do you believe was behind 9 11? Oh, I absolutely know. <laughs> I have the police. Drop that bomb. Get in, saying, get back, they're going to blow up seven. I have BBC reporting. No, who do you believe was behind I have the proof. I heard them on CBS who? Radio. Oh, Alex. They announced they blew up the towers on CBS Radio. Who do you believe? New Yorkers all saw it and heard it. Alex, who do you they believe? They blew up Building 7. Alex, who do you believe was behind it? The American government? Criminal elements of the military-industrial complex, the same ones that staged Gulf of Tonkin, mm -hmm. the same ones that staged Operation, right. the mass shootings of Operation right. Gladio. Right. Ooh, do you, the CIA do you don't mean, like this Alex, right Alex, now. Do you mean that President Bush and his administration were behind 9-11? <sighs> I mean that even mainstream news reported that the hijackers were ordered to be allowed into the United States. Michael Springman, the head of the visa department, blew the whistle right. on that. So the Bush administration was part of a conspiracy. The, 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 well, he murder, said never let us tolerate to murder, to murder Americans. To murder, um, I can speak in this accent as well. Yeah. The government Hitler five in Reichstag, Pierce, to bring in martial law in Germany, April 27th, 1933. Governments have staged terror attacks throughout history or allowed terrorists to attack as a pretext to invade and enslave the population. I probably own more than 50 firearms. Many of them have increased in value two, three, or even four times. I sleep very comfortably outside Austin, Texas, knowing that I can defend my family. Okay, Alex Jones is the man. Infowars.com. This is the man who wants to deport me from the country for wanting to get rid of it. Point out you're a fire, a red coat. Outrageous. Here telling us what to do. Whatever. Go back to where they took the guns if you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, 
Oh, Pierce Morgan I just looks over into the Alex camera. Alex Jones. <laughs> Pierce Morgan just looks over in the camera and goes, whatever. Whatever. Oh, my uh, God. That's all I have on guns. Oh, oh that's that's. Well, I have uh, I have a clip. Uh, well, the, there is a video game. Well, we talked about video games on this uh, recent episode of Hog Story. And oh, yes. I talked about uh, a game I played. Uh, which was GoldenEye on N64. And there were several different guns. And uh, I I just, I wanted to, I brought along the uh, opening to uh, GoldenEye 007. And this was uh, from 1997. I played GoldenEye on the GameCube. Was that just a remastered version of the same game? Um... It might have been. Um, I know GameCube was a little... I, th- I think GameCube was uh, later, but... Um, I think it was the next generation I'm, after N64. Yeah. Yeah, it might have been the next generation. Um, uh, maybe they... May, I don't know if they used the same music. I, I thought the music in in the uh, N64 game was just uh, so good. It was just... Every every level had, had different music, and it was a lot of fun. I liked how you could uh, press a button when enemies were in certain areas on certain maps like on the multiplayer mm-hmm. and it would do a trap, like it'd suck them into a sand pit or, you know, have something come down and smash them or all these different booby traps you could do. That was cool. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that must've been on the, the GameCube. Cool. Yeah. So I guess they were it's different fun. games. Yeah. Did they have a sim- did they have the same music or is it different music? Uh it sounds it sounds about how I remember it. But oh, it's nice. been shoot, fifteen years since I've played that, so Okay. <laughs> I don't really remember. <laughs> but it sounds about sounds about how I remember it, yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, and there was a well there was another game I played and I I also played this on the N sixty four. Uh, Cruise in USA, and I thought this theme for this for this game was just like I re-listening to it. It was just wild and very nice. Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty smacking. That's pretty slapping. Is it? Like that. Yeah, I like it's that. Slapping. What's these yeah. other uh, golden eye ones you got? Oh, um, these are for from two different um, part, uh, two different levels of the game. So facility was first, and then frigate was the was um, a, it, it came. It was a level a little later. I picked these two because I I enjoyed the music so much. Um, so play facility first. Thank you. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then Frigate, um, this, you were actually, uh, your character, James Bond, was on a frigate uh, at putting a bomb onto a uh onto a ship and then you hopped off the hopped off the ship and then the ship blew up that's that's how you know you completed the mission uh i always like this uh this theme to this level frigate is what you say when you want to say fuck it but you're at the youth group at first baptist church so you say frigate yeah yeah exactly that's exactly what i did Absolutely incredible. It's like all. It's, I'm skipping ahead because it's fading out. Like, oh yeah, because yeah, I, I did a I did a sweet fade. Oh sh- well, shit. I thought. Th- okay, never mind. Uh, Let me back up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, gold. Now I gotta go back and play Goldeneye if I can find my old GameCube. That's something that I might yeah. need to do. The split screen on that was pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> All right, I got. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I realized we were talking about food, and I never mm-hmm. covered it. Mm. The Golden Corral. Whoa! Have you ever eaten at the Golden cover- Corral? I have heard of it. I've never eaten there. Well, there's a rap song. I actually sent it to you as kind of a teaser. That some yes, random yes. guy made, and it's like the most poor. <laughs> yes. Like the music is not terrible, but the no. video is like the worst music video I've ever seen. Oh, it's what's like wonderful! <laughs> it's like he filmed it with a Game Boy, and it's like I him and so his. You could tell it's like him and his friend that works at Golden Crowd made this together. Yes, um, and yes. Just like he's like picking up things off his plate and talking about them. This is the Golden Crowd rap. Yeah. GC? <laughs> uh. Go Corral, the Golden Buffet. I'm repping GC and I'm here to stay. Go Corral, chicken and fish. Got beef for any other kind of dish. Tacos and salad. <laughs> Take your pick, put some Texas Pete on it, give it a kick, cause we sophisticate the buffet bar, our steaks are perfect, ain't no char, go to GC for all you can eat. He said he's MC GC, he's rapper GC, so do you think his name is like Gary Coleman, and he's <laughs> rapping about Golden Corral, or is his, is, he, is his rap name rapper Golden Corral? He said rapper GC. I think he, I think he's saying that uh, he's rapper Golden Corral. Um, and you okay. know what? I, I, I mean, I've heard of Golden Corral as the as the restaurant chain, um, and, and I mean, if you're gonna take the name of a restaurant chain, you got some big shoes to fill. Yeah, and like, I mean, um, I watched the video. Uh, he had some big sunglasses <laughs> on and a big chain. <laughs> Those two things tell me that he's a serious rapper. Yeah, and that he's deserved the name. 
Golden Crow. I just thought of a great rapper or a great MC name that, of somebody that would take a, a fast food chain. Oh, who's that? MC Donald's. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes. Yes. A couple of months ago, a customer of Golden Corral snapped a picture that went viral. That picture was of a kitchen stacked high with dirty dishes. Today, representatives oh, no. of Golden Corral told 23ABC's Christine Din not to believe everything you see. A picture can speak volumes, but when it comes to this picture taken by a customer at the Golden Corral restaurant... That picture was just a snapshot. That wasn't the true story. The whole story. The customer says he was eating at the buffet and could not find a clean dish, so he went into the kitchen and found this. 23ABC contacted the man who took the picture of the kitchen and its dirty dishes. He declined to go on camera to do an interview, but did say that what you see in that picture is absolutely unexcusable. But District Manager Maureen Eddington says... It just doesn't depict what actually happened back then. That was a 30-second snapshot. Taken during a perfect storm. We were busy in our peak period. Edish machine went down. Dishes were stacking up, but all our dirty dishes were over here. That scenario was the dirty dishes. The clean dishes were all over here, but he didn't get that picture. Eddington says the other side of the room was where someone was manually washing dishes. The Environmental Health Department did not issue any violations when they investigated the restaurant a few days later. But at the time our inspector investigated those complaints, they found that they were in compliance. They had taken care of the problem. Chief Environmental Health Specialist Donna Fenton says dishwashing machines are not a requirement at restaurants. Being able to wash, rinse and sanitize them manually is perfectly acceptable as long as they're using the right sanitizer and keeping the right residual, it's still going to kill any germs that are left. Eddington says the machine has been fixed. Not only do they have three different people in the dishwashing section, they've added a station specifically for plate inspection. They are very, very picky. If you see a water spot, it goes into the clean me again pile. They're paying attention, and I like that. I like that. Customer Joyce Talid says she heard about the dirty kitchen picture. When you when you go into a place that is large as this, you know, and it's big and it's always on the go full of people, there's something that's going to go wrong, you know. But it's not to the extent where it should have been a big complaint like that because I've never really had that problem, but... You know, everybody has something to complain about. Reporting from Bakersfield, Christine Den, 23 ABC. Joyce is awesome. I like her. Everybody's got to have yeah. something to complain about. She's basically like telling off the guy that took the picture made the complaint, but also like, why are you guys talking about this on the news is basically what she's saying to that reporter. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> isn't isn't reprimanding a people who have who were supposed to clean up the kitchen uh, enough, and now it has yeah. to be on the news? Yeah. Like she, she has to encourage people to uh, clean the kitchen and do a good job of of uh, cleaning it. The news yeah. are they they're just making they're they're making it worse. They're making a mountain out of a dish hill. <laughs> you want more Golden Corral news? I do. Yes. Viewer recently emailed me claiming he got sick after eating at a Bay Area restaurant. After pulling the inspection records over the last year, we discovered something was crawling too close to the popular buffet. And it wasn't the first time. That's why it's tonight's Dirty Dining. Well, the food's so good. In fact, it's too good. We eat too much. My this guy is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this man, they're like interviewing some old man outside Golden Corral. Well, the food's so good. 
In fact, it's too good. We eat too much. Mike Amoroso chows down at the Golden Corral on South Broad Street in Brooksville a couple times a week and couldn't believe what inspectors found near the buffet. Did you know that they've had a problem with roaches? No, I didn't. In May, inspectors saw several live and dead roaches on glue boards throughout the restaurant, including under the dessert case on the buffet. They also discovered more roaches on glue boards under the buffet grill station and near the kitchen sink in the dish room. Oh, I don't eat roaches. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't the first time this Golden Corral had issues with insects. According to a report in March, inspectors documented numerous live and dead roaches on glue boards under the buffet, steam tables, near the grill, and throughout the kitchen. It doesn't affect you. Roaches don't bother us, huh? (laughs) So are the insects gone? Hi. Are you the manager on duty? Yes, I am. I'm Wendy Ryan with ABC Action News. Okay. This general manager on duty, Keith Miller, says he's worked here for three years. I wanted to talk with you about your latest inspection reports from the state. You guys have had some issues with no roaches. Everything, everything goes through our corporate headquarters. Miller quickly explained he could not discuss much about the current kitchen conditions, but inspectors had a lot to say in their reports. Over the last year, they found food at dangerous temperatures with poultry, raw hamburger, and pepperoni not hot or cold enough. And they discovered the dish machine not sanitizing properly during two different visits. I imagine you are... If this is all true, how is this place still open? Like, I've worked in restaurants, and we would have been shut down so fast. Especially Mm -hmm. with California's regulations, you'd think they'd be stricter than Tennessee's, but I don't know. I mean, if, like, two of the... Five things she just mentioned happened. We would have been shut down for like a month or minimum. Wow. But I don't know. Like maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe it's fake news. I I know in the state. This could be a hit piece on Golden Corral. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Um, Maybe maybe somebody had like a bad meal at that particular Golden Corral and they, uh, you know, went to the media and made a a big stink out of it. Well, according to this uh, local news, it seems like they're citing their sources for what the health department's finding at this place. But it's like Mm -hmm. multiple visits and they're finding this stuff. And I don't know. It's just weird. But weird that they if it. Yeah, just weird that they would still be uh, allowed to be open. Not sanitizing properly during two different visits. I imagine you're aware of what the state has been finding here. Yeah, the direct corporate headquarters. But since this loyal customer is a regular, these reports won't change his eating habits. Yeah, I think it's clean as any good restaurant around here. Then you'll be back. Oh yeah. Now I called it's Golden Corral's corporate office, Why and they sent me this. One this guy, this guy is a fucking hero. They're like, he well, no, a, you know, there's roaches to- and everything, and they're not, and there's raw hamburger meat they're serving, and and their dishwasher doesn't sanitize properly. You still gonna eat there? And he goes, hell, fucking yeah, I'm gonna eat here, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Fucking awesome. Good restaurant around here. Then you'll be back. Oh yeah. Now, I called Golden Corral's corporate office and they sent me this written statement. It reads in part, quote, cleanliness and food safety are a top priority in our restaurants. And we work diligently to promptly resolve any issues that may arise. To see Golden Corral's full statement and other dirty dining stories, head to our website at abcactionnews.com slash dining. And if you have a tip on a dirty restaurant, head to my Facebook fan page. (laughs) This local reporter's got a whole freaking show called Dirty Dining. It's like what I'm in the world? I like tip? how I like how she said "dirty" in the face in the same sentence, and then my <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> your yeah. your dirty ass Facebook lady. Oh, um, oh. So and she has so a this Karen guy, haircut, by the way, I saw it in the chat. Oh, the Karen News Network Serpent said. 
She has a Karen haircut, so you're not far off. <gasps> oh, let me. Okay, is this is in the chat room? Uh, is there a link? Oh, I, I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, I didn't I put it in the chat, but maybe I... Oh, okay. I I just, I haven't seen... I thought that, that there was a picture of her Oh, no, uh, he just the, assumed the haircut. She just assu- he just assumed she was a Karen based on oh, what they were covering yeah. in the news. And I just was confirming yeah. that I remember she had a Karen haircut. All right. Well, uh, that lady probably lives near so many places. It, but this guy over there, he's like, he lives that near that one Golden Corral, and that's that's his outing. He goes there. Yeah. So, um, it's a lot better than you know Shoney's. What? I'll tell you that. What is Shoney's? Shoney's, Shoney's is Shoney's. another one of those buffets where you walk in and you pay 10 bucks and you just eat all the food you want and then leave. Oh, okay. It's a buffet. There's hometown buffet, golden corral, Shoney's. Mm. And then the rest of the buffets I know about are Chinese. Mm. Yeah. The Chinese, Chinese buffets are even dicier than like the steak and potato type buffets. Yeah. So those golden corral China. and shine shonas, uh, they're they're Shonies. like steak and potatoes. Shonies. Well, yes, yeah, like all kinds of like fried food, green beans, like southern food. Oh, um, okay. Ice cream, desserts. I was at Shonies one time and I got the Jello, mm-hmm. and I, I was a kid and I got the I was looking at the Jello on my plate and there was a fly congealed inside the red Jello. <gasps> oh. I got my food for free though. But it was just in there in suspended animation inside the cube of Jello. That's but, that's kind of fun. Like as a kid, you know, and then you'd look at it and you're like, oh, this is crazy. But then <laughs> your your mom looks like it's like, oh no, you can't eat that. I mean, even as a kid, I was like, oh, seven or eight, I was pretty grossed out. Yeah, that. it's still pretty gross, especially if you're gonna eat it. But the Chinese restaurants are the worst around here. Anyway. Oh. Sir, we love China very much. Please don't be too tough on them. Everybody knows that the Chinese language is just a series of made-up nonsense sounds. China? Okay, I know what we can do next for Best of the G's. Oh, okay. More Golden Corral news. It's total chaos during one wild food fight. These diners threw all sorts of things at each other, not just fists. Look at those kitty high chairs. It happened at a Golden (gasps) Corral buffet. They're throwing, like... Tons of Whoa. chairs and tables at each other inside the Golden Corral. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people. Fists. Yeah. Look at those kitty high chairs. It happened at a Golden Corral buffet and grill in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Watch as this guy tosses a chair. This knucklehead lifts a heavy table until a female employee wrestles it out of his hands. Police tell us 40 <laughs> individuals were involved. So what caused... 40 individuals <laughs> wow. were involved in this... Golden Corral fight. Here's a fun yeah. game I like to play, Carolyn. Do you want to play guess the yeah. ethnicity of these people? Let's do it. Okay. All right. I mean, I already know. Okay. <laughs> you mean I'll Please guess? Tell- yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty uh, okay. obvious already, but you know, okay. wrestles it All out right. of his hands. Police tell us 40 individuals were involved. So what caused the melee? It reportedly began after a man got angry when someone behind him in line got his steak first when he asked for it rare. That's when food and furniture started flying. We've seen pandemonium at all-you-can-eat buffets before. Things turned violent in New York City when there weren't enough crab legs to go around. But nothing like the fight at the Golden Corral, which in this case looked more like the OK Corral. The company said in a statement, local authorities are investigating the incident. Thankfully, no serious injuries have been reported. Okay. um, Guess the ethnicity. 
all 40 people in the video are the same ethnicity. Okay. Um, we don't have to play this game. I was more. I didn't think you'd go. For oh. Okay. <laughs> you can kind of. You can I you thought. Can I thought it was. Like, put I thought, two and two together on this one. I would imagine sometimes stereotypes are accurate for public brawls. Oh, okay. Uh, cause, cause mostly they were. Black. I thought I was gonna hear. Okay. <laughs> I would never have guessed that because I thought I thought I was gonna hear hear people um, oh, talking. No, no. Oh, okay. I mean, but- <laughs> I'm just talking about like what like 40 people getting into a fight in a restaurant where they're all like just going full on full full ham, going ham on the. I would never guess that. Oh, uh, wow. Well, that means you're a, you have a purer heart than I do, I guess. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I was thinking of the man that was talking about how he would go to the Golden Corral, and that? I think he would have been into uh, another G word, gangbang. Ooh, that's something yeah. I have no interest in. Gangbang, noun, sexual intercourse involving more than two persons, especially with a high proportion of men. Wait, more than two persons? So a three-way is technically a gangbang now? I yeah, I guess it's uh, I guess that was like when they say a mass is like a mass shooting happened. How many people were involved? How many people got hit? Two people. (laughs) Two people. (laughs) It's a mass shooting. That's like saying like when I think of game bang, I think of like you know like twenty dudes and some chick that like didn't finish college. (laughs) Gang bang. (laughs) And then I have um. Uh, I, this is a combination of G's. Uh, this is a, a German a come cleaning uh, commercial called Gangbang. So this Whoa. lady, she's walking around this house. She just she just had a gangbang, and she's uh, she's got to clean up the house. It's a mess. No way. This is all real. these guys are all these guys uh, jizzed all over the place, and she's got to clean it up. Dropping loads like dump trucks. Na Nacht mit einem Haufen Schaffertypen sieht meine Wohnung meistens aus wie Sau. Überall Flecken und Tropfen. Da reicht normaler Reiniger oft nicht aus. Ich empfehle deshalb Silit Gangbang. Das entfernt selbst verkrustete Flecken auf den Polstern. Oder hier, Lippenstift an der Tür mit einem Wisch weg. Sogar verschmierte Elektrogeräte sind kein Problem mehr. Silit Gangbang, probieren Sie's aus. Silit Gangbang, wenn's mal richtig schmutzig war. Is this like the yeah. German SNL? I it might, yeah, I, th- I think it is. I, I think it is. So like I heard that. the I heard the laughs there. There were some laughs. Yeah. Maybe it was just the guys. Like maybe it was a real commercial, and it's all the guys laughing about how the, she's cleaning up all their loads. Yeah, you know, I I was thinking it was a serious commercial because uh, I'm sure they did many takes. They're very professional, and they want to have a professional commercial. Uh, but the but the guys back there they they know that she knows that they know that they came all over the place and she's got to clean it up and that's why that's so funny. <laughs> I could buy that for a dollar. And and that was the best take that they had. Otherwise, those guys would be just laughing so hard. And this woman, she's she's just got to clean up all their cum. Wow. Well, yeah. somebody's got to do it, right? Somebody's got to do it. Okay, do you want to yeah. talk about God or gargoyle? Ooh. Because um, I learned something about... new about both of these things. Okay. Well, let's talk about God. All righty. This is, this is God telling you about God. Got to play God. Blue 
news with Bowen right here in the Mississippi Delta. John Lee Hooker, Muddy Waters, B.B. King, Jesse May Hemphill. I can't see them anymore, but their spirit lives on right here. myself in music, hear it, I feel it, and it transports me to another time and place. Some would call it a religious experience. Can't say that I disagree. Makes me think of all the ways people around the world connect to God. Moses saw God in a bush. Buddha found enlightenment under a tree. Muhammad experienced Allah on a mountain. Is there some universal concept of God that all religions share? Or is God fundamentally different to people of different faiths? I'm setting out to discover who God is. God wants to be your best friend. So as Joel Olstein there at the end, God wants to be your best friend. So Morgan Freeman goes mm-hmm. to like talk to Buddhists and Hindus and Jews. He goes to the Wailing Wall, talks to a bunch of Jews with the funny hats. And then he talks to Joel Olstein in his mega church. And he's just around there looking for God. What do you think about God, Carolyn? He's God's out there. He's way Probably, far uh, out. Shuffling some, you know, a deck of cards, you know, <laughs> playing solitaire. Yeah. 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 Well, I happened. Oh, oh no. No, keep, keep going. Oh, the, the deck of cards. It's not like one of those bicycle cards. He's got one of those uh, uh, Playboy um, deck of cards, playing cards. And it's got every uh, every uh, playgirl on the uh, on the cover of it. Not the not the front of it, but the centerfold, and he's shuffling. Angel is playing. the centerfold. Yeah, yeah. Blood and he's and he's singing cold. that song. Yeah, yeah. You think God's more of a penthouse or a playboy guy or hustler? Um, uh, he's a, he likes the modesty. I think. I think he. I think he's excited about the modest modesty. You can imagine it more. Oh yeah, leave something to the imagination. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's all about imagination. Well, I found uh about. I found out about God um, by watching uh, televangelists on TV. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, what a great looking crowd. Good evening. I'm Rich Fulcher. And I'm Matt Besser. Welcome to In Search of Miracle Man. Now, the Eskimos call him Cool Man. The Hapa Indians call him the Marvelous Wanderer. We call him Miracle Man. We'd like you to join our search. For the Miracle Man. Now, your donations in the past months have helped us buy important equipment like our night vision goggles. Now we are able to search for Miracle Man <laughs> at night and in dark caves. Dark caves, guys. Oh my gosh! Now, why find the Miracle Man? So he can answer all of our questions. Where do you come from, Miracle Man? Where do you get the power to perform all your miracles? Are you Where the do you come from, Miracle Man? man? Are you here to be our leader? Are you from another planet? Are you an angel? Do you have a big dick? 
Miracle man, miracle man, witnesses miracles. We're in search of the miracle man. Miracle man, miracle man. I saw Miracle Man parallel park a car in a space that was too small for his car. I saw the Miracle Man walk on a waterbed without losing his balance. My cousin heard he delivered pizza in under five minutes. I was left-handed until Miracle Man cured me. When the Miracle Man left my dorm room, the smell of bong water disappeared. Miracle Man has no toes. Witnesses miracles. Oh, the Miracle Man. Oh, Miracle Man. Oh, it's so good. Miracle Man, come home. Miracle Man, come home. Yeah, Miracle Man, come home. Come home. I love it. That's so good. All right, one more on God. Okay, okay, Miracle Man. With everybody's help, we can find him. This audio recording of the Miracle Man we're about to hear was sent to us from Ralph Sessions of Spokane, Washington. Hey, 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 uh, can I get my bill, please? That could be him. That could be him. No, Matt, we had this audio analyzed by experts who determined that if this is indeed the Miracle Man, then he's probably hailing a waiter from a local P.F. Chang's. How does the Miracle Man help you maintain confidence? He's extraordinarily amazing, and he, he inspires me to improve in every way. He's the shit. The Miracle Man helps me maintain confidence because he's helped me be me. Like, he's a miracle. He pops out of nowhere, and I, he helps me. He tells you, you know, you can do this, and I'm like, yeah, I can do this. Why not? Yeah, you know? I can do this. He makes you feel better yeah. about yourself. He makes you feel happy. Surviving the vicissitudes uh, of life by giving me faith in miracles. All your donations <laughs> go towards buying our own island for the Miracle Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put that whole thing in the show notes. The Miracle oh, Man. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh, that's I great. Kick out of that. oh. Miracle, Miracle Man, Man has no toes. <laughs> Uh, uh all right well well what do you what do you, what else you got what's going on um i got a i got a few other clips um i've got uh i mean you got miracle man and then you've got gandalf oh he's his own kind of miracle man he's his own kind of miracle man yep and i um, got a gandalf clip does it start with g oh it's no, a, I, see it. I it's am I start yeah you got it. yeah i am gandalf the white racist <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I am Gandalf the White. And I come to you in this dark time at the turning of the tide. Whatever he says. Oh, yeah. And then um, I've got. Yeah, Gandalf is pretty cool. I like the second Lord of the Rings myself. The Two Towers. The Two Towers? That's that's my. That that uh, was my favorite as a kid because the ints come back at the end. Yes. I like that. That's the song I think that's playing when the ints come and throw rocks. And that one ant got caught on fire with those fire arrows. But then when they broke the dam, he got to put himself out by the fire. So you're all worried that he's going to burn. But then he's like, I only got burnt a little bit, guys. <laughs> well, and uh, then, is it my uh, turn? Or, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I had some get, shorties. No, oh, yeah. Uh, let's do your I, shorties because I didn't. I. Uh, didn't just... I I got uh, some Rick and Morty clips. Oh, good classic. 
Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that is a good G. Jeez. <laughs> jeez. Jeez, serious? Oh, jeez, Dad. Did you say, oh, jeez, Dad? I thought he said jeez, Dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez, oh, Dad. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, jeez. Oh. Is he, what's happening there? Did they hit his G, did they hit his G's spot? His G's I think they, spot? I think he found the G spot. Well, good for him. Yeah, I, I he's, think I He's think getting it's to that excellent. age. He's been yeah, 14 good, for good. five years now, six years. <laughs> yeah, they're in season six now. So. Oh, okay. So it's got to be like 25 at this point, right? In cartoon years, they don't age. You know, it took 10 years for South mm. Park, the South Park boys to get from third to fourth grade. Oh, that, yeah, they kept, they kept, uh, they kept failing uh, third grade. Now, they just happens, don't age. The world age changes, oh. but they don't. Oh, I thought they just failed third grade that many times. It made and me never feel hit better. Puberty or grew at all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's possible. Um, okay, how about gargoyles? Because I learned some new shit about gargoyles. I didn't know. Oh, hit me with some gargoyles. Now this clip comes from 1966, and the visual element is pretty nice. Uh, these are guys making gargoyles uh, for a cathedral. A beautiful view with a foreground of ugliness. Beauty and the Beast, gargoyles of the most forbidding form, are fashioned with a deliberate aim of scaring evil spirits away from a holy place. And here at York Minster, they've got gargoyle masons at work making modern replacements for the old monster guards whose hideosity has been weathered away. A strange craft to find alive in the sophisticated world of today. Surprisingly, there are still recruits like Jeff Butler to the ancient order of stone carvers, the 20th century witch doctors of Great Britain, whose job it is to ward off the evil eye with their craven images. There are 300 men carving delicate beastliness, at least that's the idea, out of Clipsham stone, like George Hubie, who has spent his whole life at this craft. These masons are restoring the northwest tower of the famous cathedral that five generations of masons worked at 500 years ago. A singing heritage up among that scaffolding that can only be preserved by men who have inherited the patient skills of ancient long agos. Work on York Minster will not be finished in anyone's living lifetime, for one of our many sudden 20th century discoveries is the sad fact that even stonework is perishable, particularly in the smoke and fumes of today and in a climate like ours. There you go. So apparently wow. the smoke and fumes of the modern 60s era made mm -hmm. this, that caused the discovery that stone doesn't last forever, I guess. Ah, but the visual component of that is pretty nice. This is PBS on Gargoyles, and this is where, this is on the Notre Dame Cathedral. The church has survived all kinds of disasters, from floods to political violence. Was wait, uh, was this the church that caught on fire uh, maybe yep. two years, three years ago? Yep, yep. Notre oh, Dame. Okay. And it's the same one that has the hunchback. Remember that movie? The ah, yes. Same church. The hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes. Cathedrals are built as a kind of triumph over adversity. After 60 years, as they near what they believe is the end of construction, the builders realize their work of art has a significant flaw that might endanger its future. There were no gutters, no system for collecting rainwater. Water has always been the great enemy of architects. Water running down the exterior walls of the cathedral 
seeps into and erodes the stone and causes cracks when frozen. For a building the size of Notre Dame, the problem of water removal is on an extreme scale. An average downpour means nearly 7,000 gallons of water must be drained away. Notre Dame's architects had the brilliant idea of using the tops of the flying buttresses as gutters. As the flying buttresses are hollowed out, they are then connected, forming a large network for water collection. Throughout the system, water shoots out of the gargoyle statue's mouths, away from the church walls. This effective drainage system, restored by Viollet-le-Duc and maintained since, is still at work today. I had no idea that the purpose of gargoyles is water drainage. Fascinating. Yeah. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, I had no idea. No. And the I water shoots out symbolize. their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I got I got one more. Well, I got to, yeah. Oh, God, this one's long, so I'm going to stop it a couple times. It's four minutes. But okay. there's a lot of, in here about gargoyles that I was just like, no, well, holy shit. Mm-hmm. If you think this Halloweenish creature is grotesque, it's you're right. America. It's a kind of sculpture <laughs> that's actually called a grotesque a cousin to the gargoyle. And to tell the difference between the two, Faith Saley says, just look up. Listen for all the genes. Grimacing. Gaping. Grinning. Grinning. Mischievous creatures perched close to... Grimacing, grinning, and gaping. Gaping would have gone well with the goatsy. Heaven inviting us, daring us, to raise our gaze. Sounds like grooming to me. It does. A little bit, yeah. Raise your gaze. This architecture is made to draw your eyes up, this gothic architecture. And then as your eyes are being drawn up, you're seeing gargoyles and grotesques. And wow, look at that. Look at that. Hey, is that Darth Vader up there? It is Darth Vader up there. Crane your neck at the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C., or even take one of their gargoyle tours, and you might also see a wild boar, a turtle, a dragon, or one of the roughly 1,200 other roof dwellers. I installed that horse. Joe Alonzo is head stonemason at the cathedral. Of course, my, my girl Medusa... But many of Medusa's neighbors, like Darth Vader, aren't really gargoyles. A gargoyle officially must spew water or be able to do so. I describe them as glorified gutters. If you look like a gargoyle in some sort of a monstrous or fantastic way, but you cannot spew water, you are officially a grotesque. Janetta Rebold Benton is a professor of art history at Pace University in New York and has written about these hair-raising hobgoblins. They're fascinating, and I think it goes along with the whole appeal of things that are just a little awful, a little bit frightening, a little bit creepy, the extreme edge of what we accept. It's part of human nature, curiously. Where does the word gargoyle come from? 
but it's the French word for to gargle, and it has gargoyle, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yes. And it has to do with the word for throat, and that is, of course, what a gargoyle does. It. What did you did you know any of this? No, Gar- I had gargoyle no idea. Gargoyle is the French word for gargle. Gargle, like ah, like that. That's yeah, like weird. when you gargle water because they shoot. Huh. It's not a gargoyle unless it shoots water out of his mouth because they were created for irrigation. Or not irrigation, but and, drainage. And gargle. I guess gargling, you're kind of bubbling up the water with your with the air yeah. that you breathe. So, so that I guess that's what I'm. I'm a bit confused by. I mean, spewing out water would probably be different. I, I, I mean, unless there's a French word for spewing out water. Maybe that has something to do with gargling. I don't know. But, oh, that's that's gargling. Yeah. Well, and they, she said it has something to do with the word for throat, too. Something like that. <laughs> yes. And it has to do with the word for throat. And that is, of course, what a gargoyle does. It spits water from its throat. I am pretty smart, mm. yay. <laughs> Ancient civilizations like the Greeks were carving water spitters more than 2,000 years ago. But Benton says gargoyles really came alive in the Middle Ages. Literally, they come alive like Besides in the Disney Besides water control, they've been said to ward off evil and to frighten passers-by into piety. Monstrous angels created to delight God. Carver Walter S. Arnold says gargoyles have always... No relation. Well stuck their necks out. I think the bishops knew that if you didn't give us the outlet on the outside of the cathedral, we'd be sticking a caricature of the bishop behind the altar. So they define that you have to behave here and you can talk about life and culture and society out there. Arnold has carved dozens of gargoyles and grotesques for the National Cathedral. Most of what carvers do is much more formal, whereas gargoyles for me are more like jazz. There's a concept and you can improvise and just kind of discover what's in the stone as I go along. This was the side that would be seen. He often collaborated with sculptor J. Hall Carpenter, who's designed more than a hundred of these creatures. The one that Walter and I worked on together is the crooked politician. That's a gargoyle, and he's tampering with the scales of justice. It's pretty apt for a gargoyle that looks over Washington, D.C. Absolutely. He'll have more spines, I'm sure, and he'll have some sort of toe. Oh, he's so sad. Yes, he, he is sad. Uh, I really I'm, I'm like that woman going like, oh, he's the- so sad. <laughs> I, liked the, I liked when he said he'll have a toe. It's not like he's going to have multiple toes. He's like, he'll have a toe or something. And then yeah, the lady's like, oh, he's so sad. Politician, he's that's so a gargoyle, sad. and he's tampering with the scales of justice. Pretty apt for a gargoyle that looks over Washington, D.C. Absolutely. He'll have more spines, I'm sure, and he'll have some sort of toe. Oh, he's so sad. Yes, he, he is sad. <laughs> Uh, but I'm, I'm most interested in the face here and what the details there will be and where his gaze will be. Gaze. Of course, our gaze will be skyward. So, uh, why don't you hop in your little cloud cars and fly back home? Excuse me? Gay people. You live in clouds and drive cloud cars. Am I talking crazy here? I mean, next thing you're going to tell me is that black people don't shapeshift and Jews aren't rock creatures that live underground. Your gaze will be skyward. I had to throw that clip in. His gay people drive cloud cars. And where his gaze will be. Of course, our gaze will be skyward. There are just creatures everywhere. Looking up with wonder. 
look up, consider the fantastic, consider the appeal of things that you cannot fully understand today, things that perhaps will ultimately have an explanation, and even if they don't, enjoy them just for the pleasure they convey. That's what I got on gargoyles. That is so it, interesting. I, I had no idea that gargoyles were designed to spit out water. I know. On on buildings. If they don't have water, I've been calling my whole life, I see something that's a grimace. Is that what they said? A grotesque. That's what it was, a grotesque. I see a, gr- a, grotesque, a grotesque, and I called it a gargoyle, but it was probably mm-hmm. really a grotesque because it doesn't shoot water out of it. Uh, grimace. Uh, I think Grimace is the purple uh, guy from McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it has several arms, and it's purple. Yeah. But they might be tits. I don't know. I don't know if they're arms or they're tits. Mm. Still haven't still haven't. Only one way that. to find out. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm just seeing and, if there's... Uh, I don't uh, know. Yeah, if I was going th- to... I'm about, I'm about out, so whatever you got left. I, got, I have some gulags, but um, I don't know. It's getting... Getting close to Nick the yeah. Rat time. I think I'm going to save my gulags. If you want to, if you want to get yeah, into the rest I, of what you got, I uh, I think I got all all the all the good stuff. I think I, I think I got everything. Yeah. What about, I mean, unless you want to talk about we we when we were talking about spice. goals, we missed. Oh yes, we missed Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Goals. Oh right. Because I was curious I about think that that's, one. This, oh yeah, this is, he's talking about his goals with the uh, uh, Blue Origin. Tomorrow is sorry. No. I I think I think that that's that's a good thing to, to end off. I, I think it's I think that's nice. Noise. Tomorrow is the fifty second anniversary of the moon landing. So can you put into context for us what what this signals for the future of space exploration and travel? Well, what we're hoping to do is to build uh, the road to space so that future generations, maybe Oliver, you know, he's an 18-year-old young guy, and maybe Oliver and people of his generation will be able to do amazing things in space if we have practice and get good at reusable vehicles. So the big thing that Blue Origin is doing is making these vehicles reusable and in an operable way so they can be flown over and over and over, more like commercial airliners. If we can get to that stage, then... The things that the next generations will figure out how to, what to do in space, how to benefit Earth with all those things they can do in space, that'll be amazing to see. So that's the real goal. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even, I had no idea that that's how Bezos talked. Yeah. Um, I, I had, I, I did talk about, uh, or I did talk about Jeff Bezos and on a episode of Hog Story uh, way back yes. when, and uh, I had this. So I thought, oh, I'd bring this back. And he Gold. does talk speak interestingly his, I like uh, when his Alex speech. Jones does his impression of him because he, he laughs like Goofy <laughs> gorge <laughs> <laughs> he kind of sounds like that's the way he would laugh I've heard I've, if you hear Jeff Bezos laugh like he does kind of laugh exactly like that it's an exaggerated version but it's pretty close to Goofy's laugh <laughs> oh my goodness uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll just put what we didn't get to in post then. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that's good for me. Definitely. Yeah. 14 minutes cool. and counting till John Fletcher of the Hog Story is on the Nick the Rat show. And uh, Yeah, yeah, my partner can... in podcasting. Yeah, hogstory.net. Every Monday 7 p.m. Central. .com.net. Um, hogstory.net. It's .com. .com. <laughs> 
It's yeah, it's, it's been dot net for so long, and then uh, 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 Sir Patrick, so blessed, uh, gave us a, a hogstory dot com. So um, I'm. <laughs> it's gonna take. It still takes me a while to to switch it over. <laughs> but yeah, seven p.m. Central, eight p.m. Eastern. Uh, hogstory dot stream. Check us out. We're always live. Yes, it's a great. Mondays. It's a great show with great people and a great community you guys have over there. I love everybody. Everybody involved. Everybody in yeah. everybody involved. Chris, I love you. Thank you so much. You too. And we'll be me. back. Thank you for coming. We we'll be back with best of H. All the but things that, that are H related. The best of them. All yes, all the best of the H. We'll be back with that. Looking forward to it. Um, can we go out on this? Because I I saw another one I wanted to hear that I haven't heard. Gilligan's okay. Island. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Please do. Just go straight into it? Yeah, just go straight into it. This is the operator. Will you kindly deposit 10 cents for three minutes, sir? An operator. I got an operator. Will you kindly deposit 10 cents, sir? Operator, where are you? This is the San Diego operator. Will you kindly deposit a dime, sir? Uh, don't go away, operator. Hey, I got an operator in San Diego. I got an operator in San Diego. I'm sorry, sir. You'll have to deposit another dime. <laughs> you got a dime? No, no, no. I don't think so. No, the least I have is a $20 bill. I could tuck it in. Yeah. I got a quarter. quarter. I've got a quarter. quarter. I'm sorry, sir. We cannot make change. If you give me your name and address, I'll send you 15 cents. <laughs> I hate to pause it, but why does every woman from the, like, the 60s... Talk like this all the time. Uh, it was I, like a, I think it's oh, I think it's because of the talkies. They're going from silence to talkies. Yeah. It's kind of like how every guy talks talk like this all the time. Yeah, yeah, scrabbly. and they have to amplify their voice. They have to, and they have to speak from their diaphragm at all times. Yeah, it's just something about the. I don't know. <laughs> something about that like ten year span where everybody in movies and TV talks like that it really freaks me out. You cannot make change. If you give me your name and address, I'll send you 15 cents. I don't know where we are. If you wish me to continue to keep this line open, you'll have to deposit the quarter. That's uh, an operator. Don't lose it. An operator. <laughs> Did you deposit the quarter? And there's no place to put it. I'm sorry. I cannot keep this line open. Operator, wait, wait. Listen to me. Listen to me. We're shipwrecked, you see. And we found this telephone line and we tapped into it. And we're on a deserted island. There's no telephone booth or even a phone. Why do I get all the nuts? Yeah, so so they rigged up a coconut uh, telephone, and uh, they called the United States and got that operator. That's a good G um, that I didn't think of. I used to love that show, Gilligan. Oh yeah, uh, I'm glad I found that that clip. <laughs> Making a coconut. I like how you could somehow <laughs> the idea that you could make a coconut phone without having any kind of cable or connection off the island. <laughs> Isn't that like, great? How- <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> How exactly would that work there? Uh, yeah, really. That's pretty funny. Um, man, well, uh, well, thank you to everybody listening. Thank you again, Carolyn. Thank you. Big thanks to the Miracle Man. Yes, and, thank you, Miracle uh, Man. Thank you, Chris. It's wonderful. You. Thank you to everybody that's ever made a gumbo. Indeed. And um, thank you to Goebbels <laughs> for all thank the great you, guns. work you Guns. Also, guns, thank you. Peace out. Guns don't kill people. Goebbels does. <laughs> um, I wish Goebbels was my dad. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
or at least like a cool stepdad or uncle. <laughs> uh, thanks, Carolyn. On that, thank you. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna play out play us out with all the clips we missed. Nice, cool, cool. Uh, Garcon, are you ready to order? Uh huh. Let's start with an order of um. And then um, let's get for the table just one big. I um I go get manager. Chris, what the hell are you doing? Come on, everybody knows that the Chinese language is just a series of made-up nonsense sounds. And now this guy knows that we're not amateurs right off the banana boat. Believe me, this is all working according to my plan. Okay. Easy uh, her a problem with the service. Uh, we're interested in ordering off the menu, something cooked to perfection. Mountain lions. We do not serve mountain lions, sir. Honey, one of those mountain lions you swiped from that den happens to be a dear old bosom mate of mine. Now, where is he? Enough. For years, people say Chinese eat dogs, Chinese eat cats. Now, mountain lions, you know how many years we fought these ugly stereotypes? Shame on you. <laughs> that was all about. <laughs> you should probably go apologize to her. Oh, fine. Go sprinkle a little sugar on her ass. Gorillas go. And I remember this little black Gucci dress got presented to me, saying you could wear this. It was almost like, actually, a 1950s Marilyn-shaped swimming costume. Tom Ford was working with Gucci at that time and he made it sexy, looking at that vintage construction. I thought, oh, maybe it's just a bit not really saying much. I've always tried to kind of put my finger to the wind and feel what's going on right now. And, you know, if I feel it, then maybe you'll feel it and we'll connect. So I remember thinking, why don't you? It's the Brits. British flag. And I don't know if this is true, but you're not meant to cut up a flag. And in the olden days, you could go be sent to the tower. <laughs> and so I found a tea towel. <laughs> My sister did it because she was better at sewing than I am. But I remember showing it to a stylist and she said to me, you can't wear that. She actually said, you cannot wear that. It's racist. It's national front. Now, that is an extreme party that existed in Britain that was very racist. And I was like, oh, my goodness. No, stop. We celebrate all cultures. So that's why I put the peace sign on the back. And then I had the red boots. My father's mechanic. And I had car spray from the garage and sprayed it red to match. So the length of the dress is the sexuality. And the big bobber boots is saying, you know what? You're not going to mess with me either. Lurking within the shadows of Joseph Stalin's Soviet Union was a system of forced labor camps known as the Gulag. Gulags were nightmarish prisons containing anywhere from 2,000 to 10,000 prisoners apiece. If you were unlucky enough to find yourself as one of those prisoners, you would be subjected to backbreaking labor, brutality, extreme weather, starvation, and disease. Millions of people were arrested, deported to the Gulag, and forced to become the builders of Stalin's dream. Camp survivors shared chilling stories of being picked up by secret police and shipped off to the Gulag without a trial. Unsuspecting citizens could be snatched up while at work, 
in the middle of having a meal at a restaurant, walking down the street, or even asleep in their beds. And Stalin had another steady source of workers that was even more disturbing. The Russian Civil War claimed the lives of over 8 million civilians and 800,000 soldiers, leaving millions of children homeless throughout the 1920s and 30s. Desperate to live, some of these children turned to crime to survive, and were often rounded up and sent to the gulag to bolster Stalin's workforce. You are never too young to swing a hammer for the motherland. Following a terrible interrogation, prisoners would be loaded onto a cattle car with others, sometimes waiting days for the train to depart for the gulag. Conditions on the train were subhuman. Prisoners were given nothing but salted fish to eat, and the only toilet was a hole in the floor. Many succumbed to dehydration and extreme heat or cold before they even arrived at the gulag. World War II proved to be another boon for the gulag, and not in the way you might expect. After the Germans invaded the Western Soviet Union in the summer of 1941, the Red Army beat a hasty, chaotic retreat as Hitler's forces swarmed over the land. Eventually, the Soviets regained control, prompting Stalin to issue Order No. 270 in 1941, which stated that any Red Army soldier who was captured or retreated would face a terrible punishment. Not only would they have to deal with the consequences of their actions, which in some cases would mean being shipped off to a German POW camp, but in addition, their families would be denied food and potentially be sent straight to the gulag. Basically, your options were either win or be slain on the battlefield. Otherwise, your family would be breaking rocks in a labor camp. As if that wasn't bad enough, gulag prisoners were assigned to special penal battalions and sent to the front lines of the war. Some would cross minefields, clearing them for other soldiers to cross. Others were effectively used as human shields to protect the good soldiers. Anyone who tried to make a run for it would be gunned down by special blocking units with strict orders to fire upon deserting prisoners. Still, getting blown up by a mine or shot by Germans and or your fellow countrymen might have been a better deal than actually having to live in the gulag.